This is Issues 2023. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Jack Kellogg, owner of Hatman Jacks in Wichita. Welcome to Issues 2023. I'm really glad to be here. I Thanks. I don't know why it's taken this long to get you on with me, but here we are, and we're going to have a good time this morning. I want you to, to describe uh, your unique store for our listeners uh, who may not know about it. Well, you know, Hatman Jacks is a, a bit of an anomaly, more than a bit. In fact, there's just no other hat shop that does what we do. We just... We service, we sell, we fit, and adjust things. You know, you can't get a hat adjusted anymore unless you come to Wichita, Kansas. <laughs> you know how to do it. Now, where's the store located, Jack? We're at 601 West Douglas in the historic Delano District, adjacent now, to the clock tower. Have you always been there? No. I came to Delano in 1980, but my first store was on North Market at 21st across from the Nomar. Ooh. Okay. Really? Yeah. 76. 1976 was that. Okay. 1976. Now tell me, tell us how you got in the hat business. You weren't always a hat man, were you? No, no, no. But I always wore hats, even at 10 and 12. And I met a guy who taught me the trade when I was 15 and I started working for him. His name was Vern Kennister. And I was at North High School at the time and he taught me how to do hats. And I we started our own store in 1976. How did he know how to do hats? Oh, he just poked around and made it a living about any way he could. He was in the dry cleaning business. It was called Manisa Cleaners, which is now Miller's Cleaners. Oh, Miller's, okay. Sure. That's one of the interesting things we're going to talk about today is how, how the local history. And you, you're a font, font of knowledge about that stuff. And we're going to tap into that here in just a minute. Um, so who are your customers? Really uh, worldwide, but we try to limit it to the United States. But really, uh, lots of stage and screen, but really people that just want a certain look. It's a very personal thing, hats are. And if you're comfortable with wearing them, you have a certain vibe or you have a certain idea of who you want to be. Or you just want sun protection. It's as simple as that. You know, I've watched over my lifetime the uh, popularity of hats, men's hats. Let's talk about oh, men's yeah. hats. Sure. Uh, when I was a little kid, yeah, men were wearing a lot of them. And then Jack Kennedy came along, and he didn't wear hats that is very correct. much. Correct. And it kind of, kind of went away for a while there. Talk, it, ab- talk about the ebb and flow of, of hats. Well, you know, first of all, the guys and gals came back from World War II, and, and they had to wear a hat in the service and came back and decided they didn't want to maybe so much. And then Jack Kennedy came along, and the president always set the style. And Kennedy refused to wear a hat for various reasons. One is he was very difficult to fit. Mm. He had a larger face, and they had skinny brims on the fedoras, and it looked like he had a basketball for a face when he wore those little tiny hats. Well, I remember when, when the inauguration. Now, oh, yes. as you mentioned, he had a top hat on, and you're right. He did look kind of, kind of funky. There. And he carried it most of the time. Yeah. Right. But also, he had that great hair. Who wants to cover that up? Right? Oh, you know, it was, uh, <laughs> yes, that's true. He Let's did. talk a little bit about, if you will, uh, uh, some of your famous clients, because I know you've got some, some big names that have come. Oh, sure. You know, Steve, you know, I've had my favorites, and one of them is uh, Luciano Pavarotti. And, um, you know, Merle Haggard is one of my favorites. He taught me so much, really, about hats and, and how they look on stage. And, oh, various other because um, Merle Haggard would wear a hat on, on stage. Yes, yeah. and you know, he wore a hat that he he wanted him really tall. And I said to him, I said, but it doesn't work for you. Mm-hmm. And he goes, well, a little guy needs all the help he can get. <laughs> 
How did you get hooked up with Pavarotti for crying out loud? Well, you know, he came to town back in the, uh, I think it might have been 02, 03, as the big kickoff for the Grand Opera in Wichita. And he uh, had a concert here. He sent some of his guys in to check me out from the Hyatt, you know, or wherever he was staying. And it was quite a deal. I finally asked the guys, are you, do you happen to be with the maestro? And they said, well, yes. I said, well, why don't you tell me what size is he? And I piled up a stack of hats and I said, take him up to the hotel room and make him promise to come back here himself. Yeah. Kind of worked out. Well, one of the interesting things, we just quick sidebar is uh, I bought several hats from you mm-hmm. uh, and you helped me, you know, wear it this way, Steve, Jump down over this eye a little bit, back on the hand on that. And so, and I said, yeah. It's not just as simple as plopping something on your head. It's a perception, you know, the way you, the angle you wear a hat. Yeah. It, it just, it's either tough guy, lackadaisical, or just nice and um, complimentary. I would say, of course, this is just, I don't know, but I would say in this part of the world, probably you do most of your uh, sales in Western. Right now, Western is hot as a pistol. Really? Oh, Yellowstone is the big... Oh. You know, uh, this whole series, uh, yeah. uh, Taylor Sheridan. Yeah. And I've, I've got a couple of hats on uh, a couple of uh, characters uh, in that uh, particular series. Do you? Not officially as part of the series, but individually. As, as, as privately, okay. Correct. Uh, now, any, any other famous people? I know you've got... I've been back in the back of your shop there, and you got the pictures of all the famous people there. Some of them. Yeah. Oh, gosh, Mickey Mantle. Uh, just kind of... Well, because uh, it was through Charlie Daniels. I made a bunch of hats for Charlie, and he made, had me make hats for McCorder, a coach, uh, Mickey Mantle. He gifted lots of my hats to some of his friends. Really? Yeah. Okay. And who was the famous mystery writer who came to town when Mickey uh, Spillane? Mickey Spillane. Oh, my wow. God. He walked in the place, and he goes, Jack, he goes, where's your steamer? He said, George Raft taught me how to shape a hat. Let me show you how it's done. Wow. It's cool. Uh, that's going to be a source of a lot of fun for you to have. Oh, it's that's, people coming in. For, oh. oh, it's amazing. Now, now, when we talk about customers, so they, from all over the world coming in there, you, t- yeah. you know, you're advertising a destination there. That's true. And it's really become that. Mm-hmm. And Delano's become that. It's just great. Yeah. So, different countries? People? Sure. I mean, you know, people not specifically to Hatman Jacks from around the world, but I do have quite a bit of. Tourist business and destination people coming in from California and a couple from Montana. You know, it's gratifying. Do you have any, uh, many women coming in? Oh, yes. Women for, you know, it used to be Easter was the big holiday. And now, unfortunately, or whatever, uh, the Kentucky Derby is a big, big deal. Right. Yes. Yeah. And so it's whether they go to the Derby or whether they have a party for the Derby, it's women plus you know, various kinds of people do love to dress. You know, mm-hmm. if you've got, yeah. What's your most popular hat? I would say right now, um, well, in the summertime, it's probably the Tilly. You know, some of these outdoor summer hats or straw hats right now that are really popular. But Western hats across the board are still very hot. Mm-hmm. And we approach them in a very different way. We sometimes have them round and flat and we shape them to suit. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at your face, you decide how it's supposed to look. Well, when it comes to uh, the, the Tilly, yeah. you drop that, and you, you, you got to talk a little bit about that, because i got two of them. 
Well, and they, there's know, a reason. Well, sure, they've thought of quite a few things, really. Yeah. And one is it's got a great profile for uh, thinner faces sometimes, and even sometimes full. And then it's lifetime guaranteed. It's machine washable. You wear it out, they'll replace it. That's it. You can't wear it out. Well, you, well, you but can. But I'm talking about the uh, the UV rays and what. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you know they have this uh, UPF ultraviolet protection factor uh, of 50 plus, which in itself is just keeps the sun from penetrating the fabric. Right, right. But there's more to it than that for sun protection. A little darker color on the underside of the brim is good. Yeah. Less reflection onto the face. I see them around quite a bit. Yep, they're pretty popular. How did you how did you survive the pandemic? Uh, Obviously, you didn't have a drive-up window. So. No, I didn't. No, and you know, that was really good for us. Really? And, and, well, sure it was. Anytime you, business is one challenge after another, Steve. And that's why you've got to hand it to some of these independents. It's just, well, but in all fairness, you know, I took advantage of every possible program designed to help, you know, PPP. Uh, that's what uh, it was for. Unemployment. Yeah. Of course it was. And, you know, I was no fool. I, you know, I, people my friends and others love to call me a communist or a socialist because mm. of it. And I said, you know, I'm, <laughs> I've paid some dues, folks. Come on now. <laughs> what, is the, what does the future hold for Atman Jacks? Right now, um, I'm in a great spot. I have the best staff, really great, five employees, six with the part-timer. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they take such good care of everybody that I'm able to take a couple of days off and may go to three may go to three. And it's, it's an easy deal to manage a little bit from uh, afar on short, short, um, short um, time periods. Yeah. And, yeah. and um, so. Yeah, but you've been in business now since 1976. Well, I've had a yeah. store since 76, and I'm celebrating 50 years of doing hats from 1973. 73. Was so. when I started working for the old man. 50 years of hat. 50 years. Okay. And I'm a historian, you know, so these oh, historical yeah. timelines are really everything to and me. The second part of the show here, we're going to get into that. Yeah. You're listening to Issues 2023 on the Odyssey radio stations, and our guest is Jack Kellogg, owner of Hatman Jacks in Wichita. Now, I want you to tell us about you. Where did you grow up? What schools did you attend? Tell us about that. Oh, sure. Well, um, grade school, Irving, then Riverside, then Marshall, then North High. Everyone in my family, two generations, attended North High School. What did you think uh, you were going to be when you grew up? I knew pretty early, Steve. Really? At 15, it really bit me. I loved the deal. Before that, I wanted to go around sharpening scissors around Kansas and, you know, sharpening knives and having a, uh, an old truck. Isn't what? that weird? It is. I was a strange kid, believe yeah, it me. It sounds like I it. was a strange kid. Um, you uh, and I share a passion for history. Yes. Especially local history, oh, which yes. you're, you're becoming an authority. Your, your family helped settle this little cow town on, on the prairie, right? <laughs> Peerless Princess of the, the Plains. Peerless Princess of the Plains, yeah. Sure, yeah. Well, our cousin, uh, uh, Milo B. Kellogg, who the street is named after, our cousin uh, came here first before 1870. We came in 1876. And, uh, you know, he was the first postmaster, and he delivered mail. And he delivered mail in a top hat. We're talking about Milo B. Kellogg. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty cool story, you know. He says, I'll deliver the mail until it doesn't fit in my hat. 
<laughs> wow. Then he became the postmaster. So uh, the Kellogg, we talk Kellogg Street, it's now 54400 Highway, right? Correct. The street itself is really not there anymore. Not so much. It's, yeah. It's, but now, now talk about uh, you, some of the businesses your family has been in. For instance, I have uh, furniture in my home that well, Shelly and I got in our first year we were married. And it came from Kellogg Buck. Kellogg Buck on West Douglas. In fact, my, my grandfather and his brother started that firm, um, I believe, in the 20s. Maybe it was the 30s. I'm not really sure. And they... Um, Sure, and then um, I think the the Bucks, uh, Raymond Buck, and then uh, the Carpenters uh, ended up, uh, family members, cousins, ended up buying it in the early, early 60s. So we were out of it by that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting story, though. Everything, a lot of stuff up on the second floor. Oh, I know. <laughs> Gosh, they're such nice people. And, you know, of course, Kellogg Brothers Feed and Seed, here's another timeline. That was my grandfather and his brother's business, and it was started basically with that name in 1923, 100 years ago, in the 900 block of West Douglas, mm. next door to the furniture store, where the furniture store yeah. was. Yeah, there's another great. Okay, so you got you got this family background. We've been talking about uh, Hatman Jacks for what 12, 13 minutes now. Uh, obviously, you are what I would call a small businessman. Yeah. Tell me about that. Tell me about what it, what does it mean to be a, a small business person? What does it mean to you? You've developed, I know, a philosophy over the years. I certainly have. Well, and this is in no way in advertising, but I just will say the lessons I've learned as being a small business person is that uh, your word is everything. All you have is your integrity. If you give that away, you're sunk especially when you put something on somebody's head. It's got to look good, and if it doesn't, you look bad. That simple. Um, the business side of it, you know, early on, I w- was led dragging and screaming into learning that aspect. But, you know, it's made a fine living for me. It's, um, it's brought lots of opportunities, just culturally and uh so, and I've been in Delano since 1980. Well, Tom, talk about uh, how you train your people to deal with people, to well, deal with customers. It's customer service to me is it's paramount. Is the key. It's yeah. paramount. Um, uh, you first, you're, you're cut out for retail, or you're not. You either are a people person, or you're not. And and the people that work at Hatman Jacks are people persons. They engage wonderfully, and um, I never ask them to short sell. You know, it looks good or it doesn't. If it doesn't, don't even think about it. At least tell the customer, if you want this hat, you can buy it. Just don't tell them you bought it here. (laughs) I'm kidding. Know what I mean? We tell the customer what looks right and wrong. I'm trying to say. uh, But you do have a philosophy, and you live it. you don't have much turnover. No, I have one uh, customer. I mean, uh, employee has been with me for 22 years, another one 10. Wow. Uh, yeah. And I've got um, three new people that, uh, these people, they're just incredible. Mm. Well, they probably gravitate to the, uh, there's a lot to be said to have a, a, a fun place to work, mm-hmm. an interesting place to work. Yeah. Where the employees are appreciated. Well, plus we use tools that, you know, 
many people long ago gave up, and we still are sticking to the old techniques, the trade, the craft. Yeah. Well, that's a craft. That's the deal. What is, uh, what is Wichita Bibliophiles? It's a great book club. I happen to be a member of Binso for 10 years. Wichita Bibliophiles was started 90 years ago this year, and it was started by people like uh, Robert Aitchison, Harry Curtian. There was also uh, Tian. Dr. Ed Tian was an early member. And, you know, Ted and Ted Woodward, in his historical meanderings, especially on Facebook, references Dr. Tian, the Tian notes, right? So the principle of this book club is 12 members, one for each month. You have a program you present to the other 11. You feed them, you drink them, and you pre- present a paper. It's really a lot of fun. And I'm, I think, the youngest member, okay? Go figure. So, but some of, and so I write a paper every year. So I've written on things such as bootlegging in western Sedgwick County. It was one year I wrote a paper, kind of a good little paper. It was cool. And one on Barbecue Camel, the Camel Castle Camel, over in sure. Riverside. Yeah. yeah, that's a story. Yeah. I wrote one, this last year, I wrote one on hobos. Mm. You know, just history stuff. You know, it's so much fun. We back you up a little bit because uh, I was raised uh, or grew up in the west side of town. Mm-hmm. And, and I keep, I heard stories from older people about bootlegging. Apparently, West Wichita, the west part of town, was there was a, was there a little place out near Rolling Hills Country Club? Oh yes, it's called the Yellow Cabin. Is it still there or not? No, no, <laughs> the lake's there, and you might be able the to lake find is there, and yeah. you might find a buried vault or two because that's where they hid the booze. Wow! But yeah, and uh, ooh, yeah, listen, I hate to single anybody out, but you cannot tell a German not, that he can't that they can't drink their beer. <laughs> You know what I mean? I mean, come on. So Good luck. <laughs> yeah. So, And it was the biggest bootlegging county in Kansas besides Cherokee. Mm. Cherokee County was big, too. Wow. I know you, you're involved with the Wichita Cedric County Historical Museum. Tell us, tell us about that. How long um, have you been with helping them out? I've been a volunteer there since 1981 <laughs> and um, just love the organization. Very proud of the, the director, Eric Kale, is very good. The, the meetings we have are so cool because he you know, throws in a little history tidbits in the regular business of the museum. It's fabulous. Now, the the building itself is incredible. All right, I think 1888. Uh, my wife actually worked in there when it was City Hall. Sure it was. It was City Hall up until just a few years. Well, a few. <laughs> I've met a few people that said, oh, yes, I've served a little time up there in the jail on the second or third second floor. Second or third floor. Yeah, right. And uh, yeah, I'm sure you've been up in the tower. Oh, sure. Not yeah. many people have. I've been up there. Though. Oh, good. I'm sure Eric probably took you up. Well, and the staff there is incredible. Jamie Fraser tracy has been there, and Jan Myers, man, they're great. But what's cool is their gift shop. And you can pull right in on William Street off of Maine, and that gift shop has great books. Oh, yeah. Books and other things. And think, local. Of, think about it. When, here's what I look at. When I get to Christmas time. And there are people that I have no idea what to get them. But mm-hmm. if they have any local connection, you can find something in there. It's cool. You can find something good. Yeah. These are uh, uh, exciting times for Delano District. Yes. In just the past few years, I've watched it. Uh, of course, I spent a lot of time in a, in a place that was called the Club Billiards. Scotty's. Scotty's. You got it, buddy. Scotty's. Yeah. And that's pretty much gone away, but good Lord. Billiards. That place was, uh, Yeah. Grew up over there. It's just the last few years. Now it's become cool to go down there. Right? Oh, it's it's yeah, it's a destination. And you know, I've been there since 1980, and we started pulling off. We started a 
business association in the 80s called River West and quickly found that we're going to change it to Delano Business. And man, we got that thing moving. The Delano history, there's great stories about what happened down there. Mm. So, yeah. Now, what Delano's about uh, good. How, how's the impact on uh, Riverfront Stadium been for you? Oh, absolutely fantastic. I mean, I, I've talked to, I've got grandkids who don't even like baseball. Yeah. But they would. Let's go to the stadium. There's oh. a fun place to go. Well, you know, it was pretty sketchy at first, and I had looked at it very askance. And, you know, aside from the occasional challenge to our parking, uh, I am dead square in favor of all that it's brought. Yeah. You know. You did. I know. You were telling them to be careful. Well, you, I, you, you I, were, I elicited some good promises out of the late Lou Schweikheimer, uh, which uh, I think that uh, they're going to be honored if they're not. Uh, there's going to be a hell of a stink. Mm-hmm. Now, what are the biggest challenges for a small business person in Wichita? Oh, sure. Well, um, of course, I guess you'd say uh, uh, getting the word out. Uh, it's always the, the uh, you know, advertising's, advertising pays, Steve. Would you agree with that? <laughs> well, yes. Okay, good, sir. As a matter of fact, uh-huh, I'm glad. And our crack sales team would probably. <laughs> well, it's true, and you know, uh, getting the word out it can be tough. Well, you know, that's that's a challenge. But um, gosh, you know, uh, what about uh, personnel? You seem to have a pretty good luck. A lot of people I see turn over like crazy. You know, these people are passionate yeah. and work for me. It's that is one thing we've been pretty. I've been really. I'm, gr- I'm grateful. You, uh, of course, you've been very knowledgeable of all the history of the city and, and the area. What do, you, what do you think are this community's best assets? When we go out to sell Wichita, what, what would you say we ought to sell first? Well, I know it sounds kind of vague, but really it's the people. Um, I think uh, Wichitans are far more open-minded than they're given credit for. Um, I think that... Uh, there is quite a bit of open-mindedness, really, here. Uh, I think that, uh, um, you know, James Chung uh, was here for a while, and he was from here, went to school here, and did this wonderful research on Wichita, and he came up with some really great ideas. I've forgotten about that. Remember? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But You know, Ed, when you go to a big city, Another place, whatever. Yeah. People ask you where you're from, and you tell them Wichita. Sometimes you get a look. It says, really? <laughs> We've gotten some bad press, and there are some things to receive bad press about Wichita. There's no question about it. But, but um, you know, it was a well-known test market for a number of years. Now, that's interesting to me. Yeah. Why is that? If you can sell it here, you can sell it anywhere, was the old adage, mm-hmm. you know. Do you think we're going to have any more, uh, along those lines, entrepreneur? Think we're going to have any more Pizza Huts or Coleman companies or oh yeah or Lear Jets coming out of oh, this place or not? Yeah, I really i I do. I just it's it's a great um, uh, it's a great st- uh, place to start a business. It, it, timing's everything, but um, I hope so, Steve. All right, we just have a, a little bit left. Yeah. Uh, give us give me a summary of what it's. What, what it's like to be Hat Man Jack. Is it a fun deal? Oh, you know, it, it, it's... Um, You've created kind of a character for yourself. There. Well, yeah, I'd like to move it more into a caricature as the older I get. But no, it's just, you know, it, it's just... Gosh, Steve, I'm flustered. All right. Okay. Okay. 
Well, thanks, <laughs> I don't know thanks for coming in. I've uh, had a great, great time. We'll have to do this again sometime. Hatman Jack, Jack Kellogg, our guest this morning. That's all for this edition of Issues 2023. And, of course, we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh.